0: For all things land development, planning, and property. This is Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. To find out how Ian can help you, visit propertyonfire.co.uk. Hello, and a very warm welcome to this week's episode of Property on Fire. So, what do we have coming up on today's episode? Well, I'm going to be talking about Class O, which is Office 2 Residential. I've got an update on some of our sites within our Leading Homes brand. And I'm also going to be looking today at how to add value to a property in a busy market. So without further ado, let's get started. But before we do, please do like, review and subscribe to this podcast and come with me on this property journey. Right, before I get started on today's episode, I just need to give a massive, massive thank you to you and to everybody else who downloaded the last episode and indeed all the previous episodes. The last episode, which was number 19, which was a special on the new class MA, which is the conversion of commercial to resi. Well, that just blew my mind, the number of people that have downloaded that, so a massive, massive thank you if you did, and also a massive thank you to everybody that has sent such kind comments about the episode and previous ones. Uh, When you actually get comments like, well, this is the first podcast that I've listened to that I actually wanted to play again. When you get messages like that, it really makes it worthwhile in what you actually do. So thank you. It was a pleasant surprise to actually wake up on Easter Sunday morning to see that the podcast Property on Fire, which is of course the one you're listening to right now, had shot up in the Apple charts. I don't particularly push the Apple uh, podcast over and above uh, Google or anything else. And to be honest, I actually just point people towards the uh, Property on Fire podcast website. However, it would seem that a lot of you are downloading from Apple. So thank you very much. To be able to sit alongside in the charts, the likes of Tim Ferriss, Gary Vee, Tony Robbins, um, various Financial Times podcasts, Martin Lewis. You know, just just to name a few, um, just to sit alongside them in the top shows uh, within the Apple app. It's just a pleasure and just, a yeah, it's just really quite humble, to be honest, to actually see the podcast there. So thank you once again. Right, a quick update now on the various sites that we have under our leading homes brand. I'm always grateful to people and this week I have to be very, very grateful Uh, to our investors who have made some of this happen. You know who you are, so thank you. On to our first site, which is uh, the Office2Resi conversion down in Totnes in South Devon. This is a conversion of initially 22 flats um, that have now been completed. And I'm pleased to say, following weeks and weeks and weeks of waiting to get the rendering done and building control sign off and everything else. Well, we're finally there. The first residents have now moved in and sales are doing well. Um, We are certainly selling them at a much greater rate um, than we, we have done to date. So that's always a pleasure. And you know what? It was a bit weird seeing people actually move in. And if I'm honest, it felt a bit odd because I've spent the last three, four years of my life actually creating these flats uh, from what was an abandoned office, rather run down, and to be honest, rather ugly building. But having created these flats alongside my uh, business partner, Jonathan Stobbs, and also my main investor, Trevor, we've actually created a damn good product down there. And to actually see people move in, yeah, it was a little bit weird, but but they're all happy now. People have moved in. There's always going to be the old teething problem that only comes to light when somebody's actually using something. Um, but yes, we are we are happy. And they are happy as well. And people are moving in there now. So we can start to finally pay back the loan. We were fortunate enough to actually get C Seabills loan on this, which paid out or paid back the original development finance which we're obviously grateful that we were able to take advantage of that, um, but yeah, we're we're slowly paying that debt down now, and then of course our investor he will get his return and his profit, and then finally we ought to see some profit at the end of it. Right, moving up to North Devon, um, in the small town of Westwood Ho, um, that site is a fourteen bungalow development. We've not yet started on grounds on the ground, but. Um, we have the pre-commencement has all been submitted to the local authority and we're hoping to get a positive uh, response from that very shortly in the meantime we've just been finalizing dotting the i's and crossing the t's of all the internal layout and that's all now been completed and we have a Pretty much the design freeze now on the bungalows. Part of this process is so that we can actually hit the ground running uh, when we do start putting spades into the ground and just making sure that we get the best possible GDV. There's no point us looking at it when it's half built. We have to make these decisions now so that the entire team are fully aware, fully up to speed, and know exactly what they're building. Finally, on our third site. Um, where we actually signed an option agreement on an existing business um, in Cornwall. Uh, I can't say too much about the business because we have to uh, protect them a little bit. Um, But we've had our first design meeting and we will be meeting next week on the ground to actually design that a little bit further and to get that off the ground and running. But for that one, we have to put it through full planning and it's going to take a little while to get what we want. So it's not exactly a, an overnight thing. But yes, there's some some decent profit. And I know our investors will do well from that as well. I had an email from Michael. And appreciate the email, Michael. And Michael was asking me, can I give him a helping hand? Because he is looking at uh, various projects to perhaps flip. But the problem is at the moment, everything is going so fast. So what could I advise him to look at if he's buying a property to flip? Maybe it's a probate, maybe it's not. But whatever it is, Michael just needs some help to be able to add additional value to that property so that he can actually realize a profit at the end of the day. So once he's done his work in perhaps three, six, nine months time, however long that may take, what can he actually do to that house so that he is actually going to realize a profit? So I've entitled this segment of the show, Ways to Add Value to a Property in a Busy Market. So thank you, Michael, for your question and I hope I'm able to give you a fair bit of information and some suggestions. Just before I answer Michael and uh, give him a whole load of suggestions, please don't forget you can contact me and ask your questions. You can do this in a variety of ways. You can send me an email in at propertyonfire.co.uk. You can tweet me at propertyonfire or you can I don't know, you can message me, you can ask me on Clubhouse, you can, look, if you can't get hold of me, you're not trying. I think that's the uh, that's the secret to this. I'm on all the social media, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm absolutely everywhere, so please, I really don't mind how you get hold of me, um, and how you message me, and how you ask questions. But please, if you want it to be dealt with on this podcast, or on a future episode, please do make sure you... Mark that within your email because that may get missed. And look, I can probably cover things in a greater detail on the podcast than I can in a quick response um, via an email reply. Don't forget, I've had a couple of people already book in this last week for our Zoom sessions with me. And... I thoroughly enjoy doing them, to be honest. Yes, I do charge. From what people have said to me, they get a massive, massive amount of value from it. So if you are interested in that, I will put the link into those show notes. So if you are interested in an hour Zoom session with me, where I can really deep dive into whatever sort of property issues you may have, any questions you may have, whether that's to do with permitted development, adding value, whatever it might be for your particular property or properties, then I can deep dive into that in an hour's Zoom one-to-one session. Please do get in touch if that is of interest. Right, on to Michael's question about ways to add value to a property in a busy market. I've actually broken this down into four areas. So I've broken it down into within the garden, uh, within the house itself, uh, out the front, and really around the exterior. And I'll probably add a fifth one too of this, actually solving any problems. So let's deal with the fifth one first, uh, solving any problems. Now, when we buy a house or other property on the market, uh, perhaps that might be an auction. Now, especially if it's an auction, quite often auction properties are there for a reason. Not always, but quite often they are. More often than not, they may have a problem or two. So first of all, if you are going to view an auction property, please make sure you go and view it. At the moment, yes, at the moment we can't actually sort of go into auction houses, but we can certainly go and view these properties so do go and view perhaps go and view more than once because on the second viewing you will see an awful lot more about the property and what it needs to do but solving problems so has it got japanese knotweed well if it has you can treat that it's a solvable problem does it have subsidence well if it has subsidence or problems like that well it's probably going to be priced accordingly but again that can be fixed Talk to an expert, talk to a structural engineer uh, about how you might be able to solve that problem. Things can be done to solve it. I'm going to be covering some more of these so-called problems uh, in the other segments of this episode. But some of these really aren't that major an, an issue. Yes, may a to the untrained eye, um, they are bad. But... 95 percent of them i think if not more are actually solvable let's go through a few of the others for michael first of all we're going to head to the garden and have a look at a few options here for perhaps adding value now i mean this this applies of, of course to your residents as well so it's not just for flipping a property as Michael is looking to do. Um, So perhaps a few of these could well be um, good for you as well. My first suggestion is decking. Um, You know, over and above patios, you know, have a look at some decking. This will certainly add some value, especially if you have some nice railings to go with that as well. So decking is my first suggestion. What about a conservatory? Well, you don't necessarily have to have a glass roof. You could actually have a solid roof as an alternative. But as a general rule, conservatories do not require any form of planning permission because they are deemed to be a temporary building. Just make sure that you keep your double doors or your single door, whatever that may be, from your house to the conservatory so it doesn't actually become part of the house in that sense. Or you may look at an extension. This is covered under Class A of part one of the GPDO or General Permitted Development Order. And depending upon whether you've actually got a detached house or semi-detached house, you can go out as a general rule to three metres on a terraced or semi-detached house and up to four metres depth on a detached house for a single storey. Now, if you're looking at a double storey, then you can go out on to three metres on a detached terraced or semi-detached house. There are a few criteria if you're within two metres of a boundary. Whilst you can do a single storey in a conservation area or AONB or the Norfolk Suffolk Broads, uh, you can't put a double storey height extension within those areas. So you'll just need to watch that. But if you need to know anything else on the criteria, then then please feel free to head over to the Planning Geek website. Now, what about a home office in the garden? So a garden office down the bottom. Uh, surprisingly, this can actually add quite a bit of value. Right now, people are, well, they're probably a little bit fed up with being cooped up in the house. And they perhaps they're not ready yet to start commuting again Uh, into the city or wherever that might be so perhaps a garden office uh, fitted out with some insulation uh, just to keep them nice and warm uh, when it's a bit a little bit colder and don't forget your internet in there so either a fixed line internet you can uh, do that or perhaps you can have your wi-fi down there perhaps put a wi-fi extender uh, down in the uh, home office so you can get the internet don't forget also the garden itself. So perhaps look at some outdoor decor um, and lighting. Uh, perhaps you can give the garden a good makeover here. So, you know, does it need a new lawn? Um, you know, stuff like that. Just have a look at the general appearance, just the general look of the garden. Just give that well wow factor perhaps to that property. You'll be surprised as to how much value you may just add by You know, putting in some flower beds, some some raised flower beds, perhaps, that sort of thing. Just add some value in that method. It needn't cost you an arm and a leg either. Moving inside the house, where can we add value there? Well, I've got a few suggestions for you. So, may it be the kitchen needs replacing? What about the flooring? Does that need to happen? How about a new bathroom? Don't forget, anything internal is not development. Okay, so it's not development. You will not require planning permission most of the time. You may of course require building regs, but that is separate. So if you're doing anything structural, just be aware of that. Just be a little bit careful there. But other things, I mean, perhaps bifold doors, will they add value? Have you got a nice garden? Can you open the house into the garden with some bifold doors? What about reconfiguring the interior? So maybe you can add an additional bedroom by reconfiguring the layout. Quite often, you've got a large front bedroom that perhaps you can split into two. So you may well be able to take a two-bed house and make that into a three-bed house very easily. Or perhaps look at open plan living. Can you actually take a wall down, down the stairs? but just be careful here of anything that is supporting. Always check before you start going and demolishing walls. Now going up to the top of the house, can you do a loft conversion? Under class B, you can actually add a rear dormer in most circumstances of up to 40 cubic meters for terraced houses or up to 50 cubic meters for detached and semi-detached houses. Whilst you can't put a dormer to the front where it faces the highway, you could perhaps add a Velux window or similar windows to the front elevation. This will give a lot of additional light as well. And that is also permitted development, but this time under Class C. Now, what about the garage? Is that internal? So if it's internal, why not perhaps look at converting that to perhaps another bedroom, maybe a larger lounge? Perhaps you can incorporate that Uh, into a more open plan design within the house as well. Is there a cellar? Certainly a lot of older houses, there may well be a cellar. What's the height in the cellar? Is that something that you might be able to convert into an additional room? Even if it's just a temporary room and perhaps not actually used full time, is there something that you can do with that space? And is there room for non-suite? Perhaps you can add non-suite upstairs. That will certainly add value, especially to a master bedroom. And don't forget your storage. Perhaps you can add some storage around the house. It may just be some clever storage design within the lounge or other living areas. And of course, don't forget the basics like your painting, your decorating. Do the electrics need an upgrade? Uh, What about the central heating and the plumbing? Can something be done there? As you can see, within the house, there are an awful lot of options. And half the time, this is permitted development or internally half the time it is not development at all and you can just go ahead and do that don't forget the front of the house as well so moving out the front uh, don't forget your curb appeal so even as simple as replacing the front door that can add value how about actually naming the house you'll be amazed as to how much value even adding a name to the house can actually make What about parking? Are you able to drop the curb? Yes, you will need permission from the local authority to do that. But can you perhaps drop the curb? Then perhaps add some parking to the front elevation as well. Driveways and parking that is all covered under class F uh, within part one. So again, that is permitted development. Maybe you can add some storage and a little bit additional space by adding a porch out the front. So porches, they're class D, and you can add a three by three meter porch in a lot of circumstances. Again, it is permitted development. Going around the outside of the house, and this is the final part, does the house need a paint? Could you actually benefit from doing a painting exercise of the house? Again, that is permitted development. It's all covered in the GPDO. What about some external defects have you got any cracks anywhere can they be filled can they be sorted and don't forget to look up at the chimney quite often the chimney gets forgotten especially on older properties does that need painting does that need repairing of course you may have decided to actually replace and remove the chimney in the house however before you actually go ahead and remove a chimney first of all you need to remove the whole thing what about adding a fireplace down the stairs So perhaps actually removing the chimney might not actually be the best thing here. Perhaps make a feature of that fireplace down the stairs. And, you know, the chimney was there for for a reason when it was created. So make the most of it. And finally, uh, what about a charging point? What about a charging point on the house? Many people these days are going into electric cars. So, you know, why not move with the times and why not get one? They do not cost the earth. But if it helps stand your property out and perhaps add a little bit or justify the price that you want to charge, then why not look at it? I don't remember seeing many houses for sale with car charging points, so it would certainly make it stand out from the rest. This is also permitted development. This is actually covered under Class D of Part 2. So you already have your planning permission to do this. So why not have a look? Now, I hope, Michael, this has given you some suggestions as to how you might be able to add value within a busy market. I know houses are selling very rapidly at the moment. um, But if you do get a property that you want to flip, I hope that this may well have given you some food for thought, some ideas as to how you might be able to add value. Now, I've just done a little tot up of the number of tips and ideas here, and there are over 30 ideas that I have just spoken about. So I'm sure out of those 30 odd, there are one or two that uh, will make a difference to the property that you are trying to flip, or even, as I said before, your own residence that you may be looking to sell. On to... Class O, Office 2 Resi, and I've got a little bit of an update as far as this is concerned as well. Now, if you listened to last week's episode about the new Class MA, I did say that this actual was an update to the 2015 GPDO or General Committed Development Order, rather than being part of the 2021 GPDO part of the updates that were actually released last week was an update to both class M and to class O. In for both of these, now first of all class M that has pretty much been replaced by class MA and actually made an awful lot better in my opinion. However, with class O, the government has also said that you now need to get any Class O applications in by the 31st of July, 2021. So we are now unfortunately anticipating that Class O may well be coming to an end. It doesn't mean to say it's a given, the fact that it is 100% not going to come back. Of course, we may actually get a new lettering system um, going forward. However, for the time being, it does look as if offices are now going to be limited to 1,500 square metres under the new class MA. But perhaps we will see a change once the government releases the 2021 uh, GPDO. We don't know. Perhaps offices may continue in some form, or larger offices. We'll just have to wait and see. But for now, well, you're going to be limited, as I say, to those 1,500 square metres for anything within class e Um, That includes offices, shops and everything else converting to residential. So if you are looking at larger offices, buildings, I would urge you to get that application in sooner rather than later. However, there is a way around this. Of course, the real solution is obviously to get your Class O in before it vanishes on the 31st of July 2021. But should you miss that date or be unable to do it, then class MA allows you to convert part of the building to residential. So therefore, if you've got a larger building, uh, why not convert the upper floors, say perhaps, to residential? So you may want to convert the top and the floor below that, Uh, perhaps up to one and a half thousand square metres to residential. You would then leave the rest of it as an office, perhaps then to try and rent it out or whatever you may wish to do with that building or indeed convert that to some other use within class E. Then at a later date, you might then decide that the building was not economical to run as an office anymore. And then perhaps you may then put in a second class MA application for a further one and a half thousand square meters. If you're paying attention here, you will have then have realized that uh, with two successful applications, you will then have converted say 3000 square meters. Now I can't see anything in the legislation that's been published by the government uh, as far as class MA is concerned. So yes, class O is going to end after several years. uh, And I've certainly taken advantage of it in the past as has many other people. But is it going to end the conversion of larger offices? I'm not so sure it will, especially as class MA certainly allows for part conversion of a building. I'm not so sure it'd be a good idea necessarily to do several class MAs all together in the same building at the same time. That might just be pushing it a little bit, to be honest. Certainly, it doesn't say anywhere that I've seen that you can only have one go at class ma within any particular building now i know other sites have actually said over the last couple of days or so have actually said that uh, class o is going so forget offices but um well you've listened through to the end of this podcast this episode of property on fire and you will now know my view on it i think it will be here to actually stay so again it is important as to what the GPO doesn't say. That's probably more probably more important than what it actually does say. Always look outside the box. So a big thank you once again for listening to the end of this episode of Property on Fire. And as I always say, if I can help you in your property journey, then please do get in touch. All that remains for me to say is please keep safe and we'll chat again next week. Have a wonderful week. Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. Please use your podcast app to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And if you'd like a question answered on a future episode, email ian at propertyonfire.co.uk.